Hey guys, this is Tristan with Cairo Sushi, and we're here today with Dr. Josh Wagner, who is deep in the heart of Manhattan, and you've probably seen a lot of his videos around Facebook and the social spheres uh, with him walking around and talking about everyday uh, chiropractic business better practices and optimization. And he is one of the brightest minds that I've met this past year in chiropractic. Phenomenal communication skills, uh, phenomenal ideas on office and patient care practices, and we're excited to share and learn a little bit more about Dr. Josh today. Uh, Dr. Josh, hey, welcome to the Cairo Sushi Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Tristan, and thanks for everyone who's listening in now, uh, taking the time. Oh, no worries, man. Hey, so um, tell us a little bit about your background and what got you into uh, chiropractic. Yeah, absolutely. So I was not the traditional chiropractic case of I didn't have any success story. I didn't have any chiropractors in my family. The only thing I knew about it was what the, unfortunately, the typical generic public does of back pain and neck pain help because both my brother and mother were dramatically helped at different parts in their lives. And I remember hearing the stories, or I even remember seeing my brother in agony, who older brother looked up to him, weightlifter, and just had that at the time. I was probably middle school. I didn't know what his subluxation or diagnosis was, but I just know he was going to a chiropractor and finally he wasn't in pain. And like, you know, this is someone I looked up to, older, big muscular, and he would cry from the amount of back pain he was in. And it just, didn't make sense to me and, and chiropractic was what worked and it wasn't until I was an undergrad that it randomly uh, popped into my head one day and the last thing I ever wanted to do was go to grad school and go through more schooling but I knew it helped my brother it helped my mother I was always more naturally inclined and I started doing some research and calling up chiropractors and visiting them and I just felt this passion that they had for the field and they were so willing to help me ended up spending a summer at one of their practices and he was a top practice management coach, took me under his wing and i that's where I learned the philosophy as well as uh, the business end or that's where I started to learn and the more I got deeper into the philosophy, the more it clicked and I would spend nights with uh, Pasquale Sarasoli and Reggie Gold and fall asleep listening to Sigafu CDs and, and I was just as deep into the philosophy as you could possibly imagine and that's really what got me uh, to then go down to Life University for chiropractic school. Oh wow! So you were actually you were actually uh, integrated into some of kind of in our world, which is you know it's really unusual for any profession to have you know these these historical figures. But you know Sigafus and Reggie Gold, those are names that everybody knows. You were integrated with those gentlemen before you even decided to pick up uh, your first textbook in chiropractic school. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like I would say, I was probably more philosophically sound, even as great as life is compared to all the other colleges when it comes to philosophy. I was probably more philosophically sound before I entered grad school than when I left. Did <laughs> Not you? To say I abandoned, but you you know what I mean. Like Tristan, you grew up in chiropractic. You know you know what it what it's all about. Yeah. Did you did you go in kind of like? into life going, I got this, and was there a little bit of... Uh... Yeah, and, and looking back on it, it actually hurt, because I went in, you know, steeped in philosophy. Like, I remember in one of our first uh, philosophy classes with Dr. Koch, who wrote a philosophy textbook, like the first one since uh, maybe Strauss wrote a yeah. blue book, whatever, um, and I remember getting a 100 on his philosophy test, and like... I think that was like unheard of. Like no one else in the class got a hundred, and to me it was just like, well, this is what chiropractic is. Right. Like, but people who also came in like philosophically sound were like, wow, you got a hundred? Like, 
So then I knew something was a little different with my upbringing. So I went in with both the philosophy, but also getting mentored by, um, I'm not going to say a name, but one of the top practice management, top coaches. Uh And so in a, in a sense it hurt me because I thought I knew already knew everything and I didn't need all this extra stuff that school was going to give. So like I didn't even raise an eyebrow to any type of modality or even like extremity. Cause you know, I was back in that thing of like, if you, you know, if you go off the spine, let alone upper cervical, you're a jerk, you know, you're an asshole, you're a bad chiropractor. Yeah. So, um, if anything that hurt me from just having more tools in my toolbox, and I definitely endorse being the best and being known for, let's say, one technique, but not to say don't have a huge toolbox of no matter what someone comes to you with that you can be of value and benefit to them. Oh yeah, that's 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 perfect. What were you thinking before um, before chiropractic? Was there another option? If in another world, what would you what, what would you, you know, be doing? Literally, I, I started off in the engineering program at NYU because I was a natural math and science, uh, just good at those subjects. But as yeah. soon as I got into that, I mean, that's like serious stuff. And I was one of the only white kids in the program. And quickly after one semester, I dropped that because I didn't want to spend the rest of my life doing uh, <laughs> equations. And so I was, I was just in limbo for about a year. And then literally, uh, chiropractic popped into my mind, like the middle of sophomore year in the winter after months and months and months of soul searching of like, what am I doing here? Like, why am I in college if I don't know what I'm doing this for? It's it's expensive, and, and I was searching, and, and chiropractic popped in because of that, because I was asking. Yeah, you know, that kind of brain that you had, obviously, um, in a previous podcast, we were talking to one of my mentors, John Kim, and we did a joke about um, John's Asian, and he would say, one of his famous lines to our sales team was speak to me like an Asian man with a math complex. And it was all about, you know, be, be involved in data and that brain going from that side to going to a Sid Williams college, right? If you know where I'm yeah. going with this, where Dr. Sid was famously known for saying the scientists haven't solved this, or I don't even know what the famous quote is, but he wasn't very specific on data. Um, how did you handle that with that type of, with your type of framework you obviously got the philosophy, but that's, I think that's an interesting mix. Yeah, that's a really, really good question and rarely brought up, and it can go in many angles, and I'll try to answer it as simply as possible. As much as I had a math and science data-driven mind, what grabbed me with chiropractic was the philosophy, which is more, um, if anything, spiritual in essence. Mm-hmm. And to me, even though I'm not a religious person, but around the same time in college, I, I started to grow more in a spiritual nature even outside of chiropractic and to me nothing spiritual has to be let's say proven with numbers or laws or anything like that and I put the same emphasis in chiropractic that now there's an aspect and this is something I think is really really significantly missing and hurts the profession is that you can be very very philosophically sound and many chiropractors are yet the application of what you're doing, let's say the actual adjustment, Mm -hmm. doesn't match the same level of quality and soundness as what you're thinking and what you're saying. Mm. So, and, and forget what the public understands, you know, it's very hard for the public to understand the philosophy, but there is a big disconnect within the chiropractic profession of the application and the, whether you want to call it the flying sevens, I'm not even talking about modalities, I'm talking about straight chiropractors. The flying seven approach does not accurately match up to a true philosophical mm-hmm. uh, connection of create, you know, removing any interference to the expression of innate through the body. Yeah, to say it. Um, 
And I'll tell you, I probably gained more, uh, one of the best resources I could ever share with someone, especially chiropractors. I probably learned more and greater understood chiropractic from the writings of Neil Donald Walsh, who wrote the books, Conversations with God, mm. than anything else. And that's not to put down any of the great uh, chiropractors of the past and all that contributed, but another resource to look outside of the profession to get stronger in what you already know and believe. It's one of the best resources I could ever provide to anyone. It's got a religious title. It's not religious. It's all life philosophy. Oh, got it. Got it. We'll have to check that out. So walk us through, uh, you know, getting through school and opening up your, or joining a practice. I think you joined a couple different practices. Am I correct? Um, no, something, there maybe it was something mixed up there. Um, I had an interesting, so I went into life, you know, I already knew everything. I knew the philosophy. I knew how to run the business. Just show me how to adjust. And, and I pretty much didn't listen in most classes. I had my head down. I was just <laughs> focusing on the future. And there's some good and some bad of that. And all I knew is I wanted to have the biggest practice uh, I could possibly have. You know, that's where my headspace was. That's what was important to me. And looking back on it, a lot of it was ego-based. It was like, you know, I want to be able to stand up on that stage or I want people to know that I see a thousand people a week or 1,500 a week. Mm-hmm. And so I started gravitating towards all those groups that were known for that, producing those types of chiropractors. And so I got involved. Life is known for having a lot of the practice management come down and give talks and having student groups. And I got involved in most of them that that were of that mentality. And after three years of that, because let's say the program is four years, I just started noticing too much contradiction. I started noticing too much like, wow, there's a really like angry or aggressive mentality in this, but we're offering Mm. the most beautiful service, or one of the most beautiful services on the face of this earth with no side effects, completely like humanistic service. Why is there such anger and aggression and coercion and like all this weird stuff? And like, I started questioning a lot. I started visiting lots of chiropractors, staying with them, staying at practice, and like seeing that what was going on in there wasn't the same thing that was preached on the stage. And then I started noticing how insurance was really messing with a lot of chiropractors, whereas so much of the profession was insurance-based, and then over the past five to 10 years, state by state, that's getting a lot harder and a lot worse. And I noticed the same strategies that worked so well beginning in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s just weren't working the same. And so this was all in that last year before graduation, and I realized, wow, I don't first care so much about creating the 1,000, 1,500 a week practice because I saw DCs that were doing that, but were struggling financially. And I was like, wait, that doesn't make sense. Um, and so I just started shifting my mentality, but I didn't have something new to anchor to. So when I graduated, I didn't start in practice immediately. I actually waited six months because my headspace was all off. Like mm. I only focused on one concept for years. Then I realized, you know what, this isn't what I thought it was going to be like, but I didn't have the new concept to anchor to. Um, I thought I was going to practice in Charleston, South Carolina. I love that neighborhood, but not to uh, live there and start a life there. And I came back, uh, tail between my legs, back up to New York where I'm from, stayed living at my mom's place for months, uh, trying to figure out what to do. And. And that's when the concept of like abandoning so much of the, do- the practice management dogma that I had been entrenched with and the chiropractic education, which 
we'll get into this in this combo, but um, really detaching from everything that I didn't feel inspired by, I wasn't, I didn't feel congruent with, and really focusing on patient-centered communication is what allowed me to start in practice from scratch in like the most expensive area in the world uh, with a few thousand dollars in my bank account yeah. and, and make it work. Um, and it wasn't easy from the beginning because again, I was like, I was learning my myself a whole new communication system, uh, detaching from the old ways, starting up in practice, little to no money. And, and that first year wasn't easy, but it, it by the end of the first year, things really started to roll. Hey, how many of your your, your fellow students were, were doing the same thing as you were, were were joining those those PM groups? What was the percentage wise? Back in the school days, I mean, it was probably still only like I don't know, maybe twenty to thirty percent of the students. But those were the ones I resonated more with. So those are the those are the guys and girls I was around more. It sounds like and 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 look, we're we when when we're younger, we we have a little bit more of bravado, and obviously coming from where you came from, listening to gold, listening to Sigafus, uh, getting the philosophy stuff down, coming in. And then going, okay, I'm also going to go join all these practice management groups, and I want to learn. It sounds to me like, Josh, you were like, I want to learn as much as possible. You were probably looking around left and right in your classrooms and analyzing going, uh... 80% probably won't make what I'm going to do or, or 50% will be will be gone. What was your interpretation then and versus now of what you're seeing from, from the students that are, that are there and around the country? Um, you know, I think it's pretty much the same, but I didn't know back then what was the behind the scenes, like with insurance and how much of chiropractic was dependent on, on insurance. And yeah. I didn't know it was going to disappear. So looking around my class, I knew... Hey, it's just basic business principles. If you're going to go into chiropractic practice for yourself, you're a business owner. So not only do you have to be a good chiropractor, but you've got to know how to run a business. And not everyone's built for that. So some people want to, you know, have a great hands and adjusting skills and great philosophy, but they may not want to have the responsibility of all the business decisions. Right. So I could look around and whether it was accounting school or chiropractic school or physical therapy, like you know a certain amount of people just aren't gonna make it. Then you have the aspect that it's chiropractic is tougher because it's not as socially accepted as let's say medicine. Then you have the insurance issues where 90% of chiropractors, inc- most chiropractors income was insurance and now maybe 20% is. And are you gonna be able to fill the difference with cash paying patients? And uh, so, I don't think my mentality has changed. And yeah, I wanted to learn from everyone. I wanted to, to just gain the best resources and do it the best I could. And I also knew I wanted to be a contribution to the profession. Mm. Um, in, I didn't know how it would look, but my main, one of my main goals besides from building a great practice, because I knew that was only a certain level of thinking, was being a contribution to the profession in the realm of changing the public's perception. Because it's not my opinion. You know, look at the stats. Chiropractic is at the bottom of the healthcare credibility totem pole. And that pissed me off because, one, that's the profession I'm representing. Two, it's the most humanistic, one of the most humanistic professions there is on the planet. Why are we at the bottom of the healthcare credibility totem pole? That effing pissed me off. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to make a difference in that. I didn't know how I was going to. 
during school, I thought I would be, I would give the best or educate the public the best on chiropractic education. I've since realized, and I'm sorry if this offends you, Tristan, or any of the other speakers, but that's not the way. Like the, the public will never ever understand chiropractic and there's not a better explanation for subluxation and there's not a perfect lay lecture. It's not gonna happen. It's gotta go another way. And that's what I feel my biggest contribution now is patient-centered communication which doesn't mean education is absent, but it's another way of going about it that brings people more attracted to the chiropractor, inspired to start care, inspired to invest in themselves when they find out their insurance doesn't work, and my gift to both the public of having an amazing experience going into a chiropractor's office and to who I love the most, which is the chiropractor, who, you know, stuff just isn't as easy as it was 5, 10, 15 years ago, giving them the gift of this to be able to have a more smoothly running practice where people say yes, stay with you, and tell a lot more people about you. And it has nothing to do with explaining subluxation better or doing more screenings or giving more lectures. That, that's the best way I can explain it. No, that's that's perfect. Hey, and, and we want to connect, one of our goals at Cairo Sushi is connect the prime successful DCs and, and one of the things that I've looked engaged from yourself is look one he's fit why is that important to me you represent yourself on video and tons of videos across Facebook but you represent the profession well from a visual standpoint because you're an attractive dude you're you're uh, you know no one can change people's looks but you're fit you represent your healthy looking um, you dress well um, when you shoot your videos, you shoot them in places that uh, represent either uh, opulence or, um, you know, uh, a higher standard, if you will. And so I, I think, you know, what you're saying is absolutely true. And one of the other reasons I want to connect the Cairo Sushi world with Dr. Wagner was the amazing communication skills that we've seen uh, from you in, in, in what you're trying to teach other doctors. So let's jump around a little bit. Let's talk about, I want to talk about your practice, but let's talk about, um, you know, we know you got successful with your practice. Now you, now you have a program that you want to help other doctors. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, in my practice, what, what made me successful was not just the fact that, oh, the finances were good. Like that's one level of success, but I live in an area we're surrounded by the most financially successful people uh, in the world, and most people aren't fulfilled and happy. Mm. And finances at the cost of fulfillment and happy is not a fun life or equation. I, I can't tell you how many multimillionaire income friends I have who just, uh, I would not trade situations for them even if they make five times, whatever. Yeah. Um, but having both, and I'm not saying sacrifice the finances and, you know, just be a yogi in the woods and be happy. No, it's having both. So I noticed that by abandoning every practice management strategy that gave me a pit in my stomach, it's like, listen, if I do that, one, it, I don't enjoy waking up or going to bed at night knowing I did that. And two, even if it did work, I think if I do something that inspires me, it'll work even better. So having the financial success, but also the peace of mind and the smoothness and practice where I'm not saying anything where I feel like a scripted robot. I'm not saying anything that I wouldn't say to a family member or someone who knows the spine, like a spinal surgeon, just as well as I do. Um, well, there's a lot of stuff in the field where you, you, your chiropractors are taught to say things that they wouldn't feel comfortable saying to a best friend, a family member, or an MD. And 
being inspired with every practice strategy I put in and realize, and then thinking, wait, is it just my community? Is it just me? So I started sharing that with colleagues I graduated with who I was still in touch with because I really, I kind of separated from the profession. I stopped going to any of the seminars, communicating with mentors, but I still kept in touch with colleagues who I uh, were friend, was friends with. And I started sharing this with them. Like, hey, put it in your practice in Canada, in Colorado, uh, in Atlanta. Does this work for you? And it did. And they're like, wow, this gets so much easier. Patients understand me. They connect with me. They say, yes, so much easier. And that's when I knew I had something. And my first thought, again, because I want to be a contribution contribution to the profession, was I'll just make a bunch of free YouTube videos and share them. And I had a, a new mentor since coming back to Manhattan who is not in chiropractic, but was like, Josh, you know, that's really noble, but if you make free videos, guarantee no one's going to watch them or take them seriously. Just create a system where, you know, there's a value in it. There's a, there's an investment, and that's why I created the Perfect Patient Funnel System, not as necessarily another income stream or anything like that. It, it was purely a passion project on the side of my practice, and my goal was that people would take it more seriously if there was a monetary investment in it, and. That was just three years ago. Um, where I was creating it four years ago, really opened up three years ago, and it's just kind of like taken off like wildfire for the chiropractors that hear me speak and hear me talk because so because I was where they are. Like, hey, this all worked. Now the economy's changing. It doesn't work as well, and I hate saying stuff that doesn't make me feel good on the inside. Like. And, and it doesn't mean it's not a struggling chiropractor. It's like, hey, things are going well, but you know it could be going 30%, 70%, 100% better, like more revenue and less hours and practice gets easier. That's who I love contributing to. What are some of the things that your clients, what's the number one thing or that you uh, from you collect from your, your feedback loop from your clients, what's the number one trending uh, response from them about your program? Yeah, the number one response is, is the same as what I would say is the number one benefit that I would say it, I, I offer, and that's new patient communication. So the consult, the recommendations conversation, and even setting up the care recommendations in a really unique way called time-based care rather than visit number. But the ease in which new patients say yes, especially cash pain new patients, because if someone just has a copay, it's not that hard to start care. Mm. Um, and, and money is very emotional. So that wasn't a topic in the old days because insurance covered everything and most chiropractors just waived the copay. Like, you know, it's kind of like part of our profession's like sweeping under the rug, but that's how it worked. Or box on the wall, or then as it evolved and insurance was disappearing, you get all the practice management that would, you know, scare the shit out of patients and talk about death and cancer and all that to get people to prepay for care. And then you got, you know, and then there's every sales tactic in the book of like, show them this high price and then cut it in half if they pay by, you know, seven minutes from now. And, and that doesn't pay our profession in a good light. So having authentic, ethical communication that inspires you, inspires patients, doesn't drown them in education, have them say yes, want to pay you and refer others, that's hands down, I will debate anyone, there's no one else sharing what I share at that level. And Tristan, I know you could vouch, I showed you like 5%, and you thought that was, I mean, that was literally just 5% of what a member gets, what I shared with you. Yeah. And um, that, that's, that's what I give, that's the most valuable thing I give to the profession, and that's the most valuable feedback I get from DCs using it, is how much easier the new patient process is. 
No, I and, and yeah, amazing content. Where would you direct someone to go who's listening to this podcast? We'll obviously have links around. Yeah, uh, uh, my main platform, perfectpatientfunnel.com. Okay, perfectpatientfunnel.com is where we recommend someone to go check out. So, um, what do you value most in your relationship with your clients? Great question. I just think that there's no BS. There's no garbage. It's not like it's not like oh, if it didn't work this year, then you got to get the double whammy platinum package next year, double the cost. It's just like this is what I got. If you actually use it, it works, and they experience that. And it, there's just like a trust and a honesty, and it just works. There's no weirdness. There's no garbage. Which I can't tell you how many DCs I talk to who are thinking about getting in the program and just have horror stories from their last practice management experience or coaching experience. Um, it's insane. I mean, I'm sure it's like that in every profession, but it's just, that's something that gets to me that I, I really, another reason why I love what I created because there isn't that energy around it. Got it. Got it. So, hey, um, you're not selling a program that's about Facebook marketing. You know, and one of the things that I, I spoke about with you a, a while back was, uh, because obviously you're using the term funnels, and funnels is a big word in our industry now for some reason. You have all these jock, uh, these uh, Facebook gurus uh, who are coming into Facebook groups and going, hey, give me your money and I'll get you a funnel going. And uh, But yours is about patient communication, and there's some other elements also included in your program, right? It's not just about communication. Right, and I'll tell you, Tristan, when I came up with that, name, which I don't even necessarily like because most people have a hard time saying it, perfect patient funnel system. Um, when I chose funnel, that was four years ago. It was before it became a buzzword. Right. Really, it didn't have anything to do with like online funnels. It really, I, I just thought it sounded catchy. And if I could change it, I probably would because it's just such, so much of a mouthful. But um, that may confuse people. If anything, yes, there is a communication funnel of taking a new patient from the typical mindset of, can chiropractic help me? Do I need this much care? Should I invest in this? Like that's a typical new patient mindset. And taking them from that to can we begin today, even if they're, you know, insurance doesn't cover it and they want to tell people. Like I can't tell you how many DCs who start using this communication for the first time ever start getting referrals from new patients after their first consult and exam mm. before they even get adjusted. Nice. Like it's just, and, and that shows like they're so inspired by how you communicate and how the conversation goes that they want other people to experience you too. Yeah. So you're not, you're not walking around, um, selling a Facebook program, but you're doing, you're doing a lot of Facebook video and we know how big video is this year. Um, I, I have to ask you because I've seen some yeah. of your videos walking around New York city. Um, what are there some crazy stories about you walking around with your selfie stick that you uh, maybe are saving for some blooper video roles? You know, I, I wish there were. The, the, the biggest thing is someone will jump behind and like wave, just like a reporter. There's there's nothing super crazy or fancy. What I and I think that's just generally when you do things in public, people aren't looking to cause a scene. <clears throat> but what I do debate how much to share is like say other aspects of just really cool New York experiences that I have. Can I pull out the camera here? Can I share this? And not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily have a chiropractic message, maybe it has a customer service message. Yeah. Um, and that's something probably within this next year I'll start doing more of. And that's just part of my path of like taking it one step at a time. Uh, 
and, and, and video is huge. And I would say this to DCs, like I have video training within the Perfect Patient Funnel system. The way I do it is cater to my audience. So I'm not doing it for new patients, I'm doing it for chiropractors. If I was doing it for new patients, I would have a collar on at all times. I would have my traditional practice uniform, and uniform meaning whatever you choose to wear, like your, your regular attire. Mm-hmm. I would have a very uh, proper, more sophisticated background. It would be a much different energy. Once I got a following from that, then I would go more off the cuff, like sharing so you know a little bit of social life, my other life on the street. But you've got to start showing the high-level credibility, doctor, all of that before before selfie sticks and swinging around and all that. <laughs> yeah, no. Hey, um, yeah. no, those are great. Those are great tips. Um, so, a uh, couple of just kind of uh, you know questions outside the box uh, that I, I, I sent you kind of uh, an email with where I might go. And um, I, the first question would be, if you had one choice for a dinner guest, who would it be? Yeah, I like that question. My answer, which most people never understand or be shocked would be David Blaine. Oh, cool. <laughs> Which, by the way, probably, if I just put a little bit of energy, probably could do. You know, like, I think he's in New York most of the time. <laughs> and, um, I, like, I just more and more over the years train my mind more than anything else. And and that's something I'm, I'm super grateful for, is just a level of, like, calmness and peace of mind compared to what I know I used to have or what I see mostly in, in, in my life and people around me, especially in Hustle Bustle Stress New York. But um, he is someone that I know is of the same, and if you're familiar with his ability, like if you've seen his videos, if you've seen what he does, there is a level of his craft that I guarantee is purely mind over matter and not just sleight of hand or somehow like trickery. Like I, I sincerely believe that he is at a level where he's manipulating physical matter with his mind. And that's someone I, I I would just love to like pick their brain. Hey, oh, did you? So, in any of your uh, past kind of divings into trainings, were any of your your PM gurus or any of the groups that you were a part of did they dive into to NLP at all? No, and that's something people have asked me because what I've never done any formal NLP like training or anything like that. I, I think I, I read half of a book in grad school on it, and I got really bored because it's like really technical writing. Right. Um, some of the stuff I share. I've been told crosses over with it. So some people have asked, oh, is this NLP? And, and sure, I'm sure some of it crosses over, but no, it's not like, um, I haven't, it's not regurgitated or whatever I learned. And so no, I've never gone into that. And I've never even like gone into hypnosis. I've never gotten any training or that or, or anything of that besides from like meditation and visualization techniques. Oh, cool. Well, yeah. we, we know that, um, we know, you know, one of the industry leaders in NLP is obviously Tony Robbins, but I think the person he learned it from, I got, I, my memory doesn't serve me right, but they were big in the 80s, the Mercedes 80s, as we like to joke about in chiropractic with uh, NLP. So um, what, is your, what is your program, going back to your program, what does your program consist of on a, a monthly, tell us a little bit more of the tangible uh, you know, the fabs, the features and benefits of your program that someone's going to get for their investment. Yeah, the flagship program is the perfect patient funnel system. There's three different levels. Um, the top two levels have more personal connection with me. Like, we're going to get on the phone. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep you accountable. You're going to get through calls with me. The main level that most DCs get in is 
access to an online membership website that has tons of videos, audios, PDFs full of tutorials on, hey, here's how to do this communication. Here's the flow of the new patient consult. And it's not a script, it's a flow. There's very specific questions to ask. Here's the best way to construct your care plans. Here's some really, you know, then there'll be another module on marketing. There'll be a module on referrals. There'll be a module on reactivation strategies. So you get all of that. There are teleseminars every other Monday night. There's an open phone line to me one hour every week. So literally, like me, the creator of the program, one hour every week, you have an open phone line to me for anything you need. Uh, I connect you with other members in the program so you can have a mastermind group. I have one-day trainings in Miami Beach where we get together and we, we perfect and master the consults and recommendations and care plans offering. Uh, that's That's mainly what you get inside the perfect patient funnel system. And depending on when this is released or when it comes out, I'm thinking it's going to be mid to end of January 2017. I'm now creating a more introductory course, like a mini course mm. specifically on patient-centered communication, which is just going to be a very you know like inexpensive one-time uh, purchase product. And that's to give DCs more access to the material at hardly any type of financial barrier. Uh, and give them a taste uh, that they can use and then see if they want the, the full-blown perfect patient funnel system. Oh, nice, dude. So a little, yeah. a, like a little appetizer. Yeah, and not to say it's not, uh, it, you'll still be able to take it and use it and see differences. It's not going to be like a tease. You know, it's, it's applicable. Everything is in there. No, and I think that yeah. about your content and, and what you provide, you know, Dr. Wagner, you provide on, on a consistent basis uh, free content on Facebook that could be applied uh, in any practice. Uh, content that you have on your site that is free to the, to, the, to the average chiropractor who doesn't want to invest anything they could use and learn from. Uh, I think you're just going deeper down the rabbit hole. And, and I wanted to ask you about that rabbit hole specifically. So let's say uh, I'm six months in, your, your, typical, your typical client who's maybe six months in with you and they have that open phone line, at what, are they talk, what are they asking about at this point in time? Oh, it's everything from, hey, I'm planning on doing this marketing campaign. What do you think about these aspects of it? Can you can you give me some tweaks? Or it's, hey, I want to go over this section of the recommendations conversation. Like, I, I don't feel I'm 100% certain in it, and I just want to mock it with you. Uh, it could be associate-related questions. It, it's really across the board. Yeah, it's just... You know, it, as chiropractors, it's so easy to feel like we're on our own island mm. and not having someone to reach out to who you really trust for the feedback they're giving. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's what it's there for, and it's it, not many programs I've seen where you can like be in touch with your coach or the program creator for an hour every week if you want to be. Cool. One of the questions I always ask everyone, I, there's, there's, there's a basic question I ask everyone, and, and there's no right or wrong answer, but, and you can apply it to your practice, to your business, but what keeps you... And here, I'm going I'm to share this with everyone where I got this question from. It was actually in a venture capitalist meeting when, with, with one of my startups, we were, we were trying to get funding, and one of the VCs with his... European jawline and his lineage of, of just scrupulous amounts of money asked uh, asked us what keeps us up at night 
And our answer was really, it was our employees. It was our team uh, making sure that they were happy, functional, um, at the same time productive. And so that became a question. I was like, I really love that question. What keeps you up at night? So that's my question to you. And you can apply it anywhere in your world. What keeps you up at night? Yeah, great question. I would say, how can I continually increase the amount of the contribution in where I'm passionate about? So there's areas that I'm passionate about, obviously, within chiropractic of painting the profession in the best light as possible to the public for the individual practitioners to helping them grow their practice more easily and more authentically. Uh, That's in the chiropractic world. There's my own self of, you know, I pretty much every night do a meditation and visualization before going to bed. And there's the how can I live the most inspired, highest quality of life and be the biggest contribution to the people closest to me in my life. Mm. How, you know, I was just sharing this last night, this Tuesday, last night I was doing a uh, member teleseminar and I'll focus on specific practice strategies and I'll talk about mindset and life strategies and the meditation visualization I was talking about was imagine yourself at 80, 85 years old in the ideal state, physically, emotionally, life success-wise, and then however far you are away from 80 years old, like to me, that's like 40 plus years away. Uh, For some people on the line, it might have been 20 years away, but imagine yourself in that state at 80 years old on your front porch looking over a beautiful horizon, whatever your ideal retirement home is, and you look back at what your life and your, your character was from right now nothing before and right now, right now, for those 40, 20, 10 years until that point, and what defined how you got to where you are now, that peace of mind, that abundance, that financial success, and what were those characteristics, like trustworthiness, diligence, uh, focus, integrity, Mm. all that, and just focus on that, like those were what you're already congratulating yourself for having that gave you all of the end results. And if you just focus on that, you're going to subconsciously start making choices more aligned with that, uh, acting, speaking, doing things more aligned with those characteristics. And that's where it is, you know, even in the practice, it's not, oh, do this marketing strategy, do this mail or do this email. It's not that that makes a lifetime practice amazing. It's the characteristics of the person, of the chiropractor, of the business owner over the long term that's going to make the difference. And everyone's going to have their different path, but there's foundational characteristics that you got to have those. So how can you train yourself to really live with those rather than just write them down as a checklist or a goal, like really ingrain it in your body and your blood so that you're just subconsciously acting with it. You're not checking it off a checklist to make sure like, oh, I was focused today or I was in integrity or I was you know, generous, whatever it may be. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's beautiful. Okay. So, Hey, last couple questions for you. This is where, um, I ask about your program and I asked three simple questions. I was going to make more money for a doctor. I was going to save them money and I was going to make their life easier because that's what I think really this boils down to when we're talking about anything in business. So how does your program make a DC or their practice more money? Yeah, so most chiropractors don't have 100% new patient care acceptance conversion rate. So whether you're at like 50 or 70 or 85, I guarantee you implement what I do, what I teach, 
and you will be between 90 to 100% even in all cash practice mm. of patient care acceptance. So immediately, you're going to be increasing your revenue, even if you didn't increase your new patient number. Second is with time-based care, I show you just a beautiful way where both you're happy and the patient's happy, where you can actually deliver less adjustments or visits and make more money, assuming the patient's getting better and, and doing well. So there, right there, your profitability is increasing because now you are making the same amount of money, but you either have more time for time off mm. or to see more new patients or other visits. Uh, saving you money, I, I mean, right now, the, the main flagship uh, Perfect Patient Funnel System program, it's $4.97 a month. Most coaching systems are six, seven, twelve, fifteen hundred a month. So like right there, you should always be investing in your business, in yourself, in some type of growth, no matter how good things are going. If, if you feel like you're coasting, I love the quote that you can only coast if you're going downhill. Mm -hmm. So you always gotta be investing in yourself. And, and it's not just monetarily, it's like the food you put in your body, the, how you train your mind. Uh, like I will never stop meditating or visualizing no matter how calm or how easy life gets because I know the second I do, I'll start going downhill. Gotcha. Um, so, and, and, you know, it's funny, I just got an, I got an, I'm sending this out in an email, I did a Facebook video on it yesterday, I got an email from a DC on Christmas night saying 2016 financials. And I actually only worked with her, she was a, a platinum level client who we, we work month to month, and I think we only worked together for like a few months in the middle of the year. And she said, Josh, I just want to let you know, my this was the best financial year I've had. I did 10% more than 2015, which doesn't sound like so much. Like, oh, you only made 10% more. Oh no, that's a lot. It's a big difference. Yeah. So, it's a huge difference. And then get, get this: her overhead she decreased, so her actual income profitability was a lot more than 10%. And here's the kicker: she worked 20% less hours throughout the whole year. She cut one full day off of practice, made 10% less overhead. I mean, just right there, proof in the pudding. I love it. I, hey, everyone who's listening, get over to perfectpatientfunnels.com. Perfectpatientfunnels.com. Yeah. And, and, and uh, just lastly, I don't like to just dwell on numbers because life and practice is so much more than just how much money do you bring in or how many visits you see. But what I contribute most is practice getting easier because patients just say yes and refer so much easier without trying to like slam more education down their throat or any fear tactics or any of that. That's also one of my biggest gifts to chiropractors is like the conversation can be easy. It doesn't have to be nervous or aggressive or because that's that's in general, most chiropractors most difficult aspect is the recommendations conversation. I agree. I yeah. agree. Hey guys, thank. Uh, Want to give a big thanks to Dr. Josh Wagner today for dropping by and sharing some knowledge and, and insights into his background, and more importantly, into his program, which is just phenomenal. Uh, we encourage everyone to drop by. Um, we're gonna have links around so you can just click there easily. Thank you so much, Dr. Wagner. No, absolutely, Tristan. Thank you for the platform you've created of just getting more chiropractors connected and sharing. Uh, it's, it's, it's only beneficial. So thanks for your, all of your energy. Thanks, bud.